you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Around the NFL podcast knows the overtime rules. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, teaming even Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal. Oh, oh, oh yes, 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 she's back, and everyone's <laughs> excited. Colleen Wolf, a.k.a. Connie Fox. I speak Spanish. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that went well. Hey. What's Hello, up, Connie? Connie? I never Awkward as ever. I don't ever want to step on Wes's Hey Dan, and then there was a drop in there. That's a way to start a show, though. Hey, Dan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like your Jim Harbaugh sunglasses, sunglass- or Colleen. Thank you. Yeah. What are you doing right now? I'm trying to get a shot of everybody. Here. That that works for a podcast. Can't get can't get Mark in there or Greg. Anyway, Connie Fox is back, uh, joining us. We're a fivesome today. How exciting! Uh, quintet, for, even yes, mm. a quintet, much better than fivesome. Yeah, I'm in like the really comfortable Never had a corner yeah. corner seat here. This is very similar, uh, Mark Sessler, uh, the spot that Colleen's in. It's very similar to what part of a bar that you should always covet. Oh, you got to get Devil's Perch. Devil's Perch. Mm. Whenever in the, you could get the spot in the bar where you're on the corner, where you have your own little world, and you could see everything out. No one's behind you, but you could see everything, and you got easy access to the bartender, most mm. importantly of, of all, Devil's Perch. That's do, where you are right now, Connor. Do you have beer in here? We actually do. but Sydney has some behind the glass. It's, I mean, it's been there new since uh, like new 2014. New money. New money. <laughs> Old beer, new money. Yeah, why has that beer been in the fridge for two years? Sydney. They're like pounders. It's been here longer than I have, so. I say we drink those after the uh, title games uh, this season. I've ranked the best Devil's Purchase. Okay, let's hear it. Well, Lost and Found is number two. Mm. Huckapoo's has the best Devil's Purchase. Okay. All right, that's fair. More from L.A. standpoint, I'm going to put the Cozy number one. Yeah. upset. Uh, because it's the jukebox there, and you oh, really that have a little, little corner, area. yeah, that little corner. There. Lost and Found has the gross popcorn machine and the jukebox. Yes, and that's well. Cool. Also, you know, I've not been to Lost and Found in a while, but the but the recent times that I went, there was there was a, a duo that they own the Devil's Perch, and no one else is allowed to sit there. It's that kind of a bar, so right. they're falling down the rankings. Mm. Mm. That's <laughs> you can't take away Devil's Perch from the people. Uh, today's around the NFL podcast. The Tuesday edition, sponsored, of course, uh, by Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. Just a note, it is his birthday today. Oh, oh happy oh, birthday. Happy birthday to Mr. F. Mr. F. Love Mr. F. What a man. 
also contributed heavily to New Money's uh, windfall. <laughs> new Money's new money. Yeah, I did. Good man. That's Tw- F. That's why the beer's freshly stocked back there. <laughs> <laughs> There's been uh, a sort of a cold new richness to Sydney since she got the money. She's not yes. quite the sweet, you know, naive young friend of ours anymore. She's world weary. She only travels with one of those purebred Great Danes now. <laughs> And um, she wears sunglasses at all times. She valets her car now. I think a Great Dane would take me for a walk. It's probably about the size of me. (laughs) (laughs) Today's show, the Monday Night Recap, a Monday Night Football game between the Green Bay Packers and Philadelphia Eagles. We'll start there. Uh, We have some news to hit. Not a lot, but a couple items that we should uh, touch on. Um, We will. Oh, we haven't done this in a while. The, there is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we've hit the home stretch. When week 13 begins, it will be December 1st. So how about a little what's more likely? What's more likely? Uh, focusing on uh, the remainder of the 2016 regular season. And uh, then we'll hit the Thursday night preview, which is a game between. Greg? What? Come on. You got to know the Thursday night. It's Tuesday. The Minnesota Vikings, the team of ATL. Just getting you in the mix. I know the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Cowboys and Vikings. So, how exciting. Colleen's here for it all. Yep. Uh, let's start with a little Monday Night Football. Yes, the Green Bay Packers with their backs against the wall on the road uh, in Philadelphia. They needed this win to kind of stay in the mix in the NFC South, and they got it, the NFC North, and they got it done in a big way. There's only their second road win of the year, a 27-13 victory uh, for the Packers and a a victory in many ways uh, that you could attribute directly to number 12 behind center. Had an incredible ball game. Here is uh, one of my favorite throws of the season. Here's the call. Snap to Rodgers, backpedals. Lofts the left side of the end zone for Devontae Adams. Makes the catch back line of the end zone. Touchdown. A sensational throw and catch to beat Nolan Carroll. Wes, only one quarterback in football can make that pass, in my opinion. Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers, and that keeps the Packers relevant. I thought this was, along with the Falcons game a few weeks ago, his best performance in September of last season. And it started from the opening whistle. The Packers controlled a game that a lot of people expected them to lose. Rodgers looked great. Devontae Adams has been coming on. Jordy Nelson playing much better. And they didn't have much of a run game again, but as well as Rodgers played. And the defense didn't embarrass itself. Have to feel a little bit better about the Packers' chances in that division right now. Well, this was their must. This was their last stand. They go four and seven, three games back. They're they're done, and they go out there and they play their best game of the season. And I know, uh, Mark, you kind of wanted this Packers team to die and and go away, and yet I still have I still have a feeling this team's gonna be right there in week seventeen playing for a playoff spot. I'd be I, surprised if they're not. I mean, watching it, and uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It, <laughs> it it was vintage Aaron Rodgers that was shotgunned out of a two year old. Film reel, he looked fantastic. And, you know, the defense, which has been such an issue, on the road put up a good show. I'm concerned. I think all primetime games get more 
more is drawn and, and assumed from a primetime game than like if it were lost on a Sunday. That annoys me always. But at the same time, that was a statement win by the Packers saying, we're not done yet. Sorry, Mark Sessler. Sorry, everyone else who wants this team out of here. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that the Packers could get themselves right again against the Eagles sure. at home in prime time. <laughs> it was really nice. It was really nice to watch. I was watching at home last night, and I was yelling at the TV, and John was like, are you caring right now? And I was like, yes, I care, because the Eagles' defense at home had been really good before. Yeah. The Packers, the wheels were falling off. I thought maybe this would be the game that the Eagles could step up, but the offense, they were playing with a skeleton crew. They had three rookies on the offensive line. Then they had to bench Nelson Aguilar because I don't know what's going on with him. He has the yips or something or whatever. They have to bench him. Then Jordan Matthews gets hurt. Ryan Matthews is out. Mm. They're playing with Darren Sproles. It's a mess. Can that version of the Eagles offense legitimize any defense, much less the Packers defense, which had been the worst in the NFL over the past month? It gives them a chance because they don't have a line and they don't have receivers and they have a rookie quarterback who's not going to be able to overcome those sort of struggles. This was the best pass rush we've seen from the Packers in a long time. And I think that's attributable to the opponent. But then you look at the the teams they struggled against. It was a lot of good offensive lines. And coming up, their schedule sets up pretty well for them. Whereas your Eagles, I felt like that was kind of the Eagles last stand too. That yeah. was I would This if, is one of those games, right? If we were which what type of game? Well, which one? Loser immediately die. Perfect. I didn't know that. (laughs) They gone. Yeah, they gone. I would fork him if we were still doing the fork. This is something Colleen tweeted in the middle of the game, which I appreciated, um, even though it was, you know, existential angst. I can't be without Twitter, but it's ruining everything I love. I just want everything to go back to the way it used to be. Jesus. So, listen. Wow, I I totally agree with that. I was like, um, that really could have been a a Mark Sessler tweet. What was that in reference to? The problem The the Eagles and, and everyone I was guessing the Eagles and Trump a little bit at the same time. People All banging. of that, yes, but we cut the cord. We don't have cable, and so every single live Humble stream brag. of the games. <laughs> but no, <laughs> every single stream is delayed. So when I'm on TweetDeck or I'm looking at Twitter, oh. everything is spoiled. Okay. We're uh. like a minute and a half behind. You and uh, you and Wes should have wine and cheese parties. He's told us he doesn't watch TV about five thousand times. <laughs> I watch TV. I've also clarified <laughs> it has nothing to do with being too cool for TV. I am too cheap to pay the going rate for whatever they want to charge for a service like cable or direct TV. Well, I'm you. going I to get you. cable today after last really? night. Yeah, I'm done. Wow. That was the breaking point. Wow. Well, you're going the other direction. <laughs> you yeah. could have watched. Did you watch? You watch Watch ESPN? On the app. Okay, that that's we, that slow. Let's let's yeah. carve out more time to uh, you know promote an yeah. absolute competitor's uh, mobile app. Can we cl- can we clip off uh, Colleen vouching for cable and see if she can get a sponsor? Maybe I have binders. Yeah, like I'm I'm going back. Cable vision. Uh-huh. Anyway, here's the rest of the schedule. Yeah, I, the Eagles are done. See you later. Better luck next year. Sorry, Colleen. Uh, the Packers though sets up pretty well. Home against the Texans, and you got to like that matchup. Brock Osweiler on the road. You like that matchup. Good oh, for Packers defense. Home against Seahawks. Tough game. At Bears. Home against Vikings. You got to like your chances at home again. At Lions. Now, are those are they the overwhelming favorites in all those games? No, but I think they're, they're going to sniff nine wins, and that might get the job done. Let's compare that to what the Lions have left, okay. which is much more difficult. At Saints. Tough game. Very tough. Home versus the Bears. Give them a win. The Bears are starting Matt Barkley. Yep. Whatever. At Giants. Toss up. At Cowboys. Loss. Loss. Versus Packers. 
Well, the Packers have to be thrilled. They're playing the Vikings and Lions, two teams that they already have wins. Uh, actually, no, the Vikings won the first time but around. They but they do either with way, Detroit. You want to? They have the win in the pocket against Detroit, and you want to be playing Minnesota. Who knows if they're going to be behind? Right. You want to be able to control. You want to play Detroit and Minnesota. I have which future they do their final two games. I have future breaking news. Whoa. This is breaking news from the future. The Sunday night game in Week 17 will be Green Bay at Detroit for the NFC North. Breaking news from the future. It, it's that's it's happened it sets that way. Up that way. It's happened that way a few times, right? Packers Bears had a Sunday night to decide, yes. it, and Packers that, Vikings had a Sunday night to decide it. Except Packers Bears, the game that Rodgers came back from the collarbone yeah. and had the touchdown to Randall Cobb. Oh, what a play that was! One, poten- I remember one when potential. Cobb used to do that. One potential roadblock for your television scenario there. Mm-hmm. The Redskins and Giants play. On January 1st as well. There's some good ones. That's some massive ratings coming at you. But the Redskins, they might have, you know, one of them wins the division. The other one's the wild card scenario could be cooking there, in my opinion. We'll see. Nobody's winning the division except the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Well, we're talking. No, but it it could be a a winner gets into the playoffs, loser, sits home. Gotcha. Or dies. How did you feel about the tent situation? Thought the tent situation was interesting. Mm -hmm. So so you have this tent on the sideline, Aaron Rodgers. Contraption. Inside the tent. (laughs) It turned out he had slightly strained his hamstring, and they taped him up. What took so long for people to get the tent going on? I, and why doesn't question. Belichick well, have like 18 of them on yeah, the side they, instead they, of popping it back to the, the locker room? I believe the Packers have done it for years and years. Well, there, remember, there some reference. I get It's been under people's radar, but... Remember the, RG3 in the Red Shed? Mm. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I actually don't. That was like the, the game where he hurt himself, and Shanahan had him in and out of the shed that day. Well, the one, the the other thing that made me feel a little strange about the tent was that uh, one of the center for the Packers had um, guessed that uh, he had gone there to go number one, go pee pee. And Lisa Salter said it <laughs> on the broadcast. Thanks for breaking down what number one means. <laughs> which which means I don't know. Maybe overseas listeners they don't do one and two. I don't know. But um, well, well, they, they do, do it. They, they just don't go. yeah. It's not the yeah. names, you know. Just. But that means that people go in that tent to pee. And if you're going in there to get taped up for five minutes, it can't be a pleasant scene in there. Right. He was followed in by somebody, I, though. So that's what kind of caught me off guard if he was going in. Housekeeping. I'm guessing. Pillow. I don't think people go in there to pee. I think he was having a little fun. No, I think people do. I think people are peeing in mm. the tent. I think people just yeah. pee. Well, it's an odd request to tell 53 young people right, to go. Oh, yeah, players, yeah. players pee thing. in their pants. Yeah. 53 people to go three or four hours without going to the bathroom. Well, the, not easy. The Last Ted raises a, a good point, though. Yes. What if his hamstring is injured? Everyone kind of looked past that. Okay, he finished the game. It's cold weather. He fought through it. He was limited after that. He did not move around as well. That's, that's something to watch because he was uh, electric. I think he's played really well for a month now. But if he's not 100% Aaron Rodgers, they don't have any margin for error. They're counting on him to play like an MVP for any chance to rip off these games. And, Colleen, lastly, any thoughts about the Eagles trolling the Packers by putting 4th and 26 on the scoreboard before the game, referencing that 2003 playoff game, a little motivation for the Packers? You don't want to go down that road with that stuff. You don't. I loved it, but it obviously did not turn out okay. But it was uh, Freddie Mitchell's birthday, so it, it kind of oh. worked out nice. Oh, wow. You, just mean, hope, you hope he has access to a computer nice. in the clink. Yes. Where's Freddie Mitchell for you on your like hierarchy or your stable of boys, you know, all-time Eagles uh, legends? I mean, I don't – he's not really in the stable, mm. but he's sort of on the property. <laughs> wow. Just what, for that one play. One like of the few guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to your pool boy. <laughs> 
One of the few players that Bill Belichick publicly lambasted said that he's a bad player, that when he sees him on the field, he gets excited. I mean, it's a good thing. Wow. For yeah, I remember that. Because Fred X had, had talked garbage about the Pats secondary before that Super Bowl. <laughs> anyway, that's Monday Night Football. Let's do some news. Everyone get in on the high-five party. Anybody? Anybody know what that was? Sounds like one of those videos where they try to sync up what the players are really saying with what they – I don't know. What was is it? it? Uh, that was Kirk Cousins on the sidelines of the Packers game. You love huh. you, Kirk Cousins. Well, he's a little bit of a goob, but he's a lovable goob. Yeah, I got you. Let's start uh, with an NFC playoff contender, the Atlanta Falcons, who are dealing with some health woes right now on their defense. Doctors confirmed that the pectoral injury suffered by Desmond Trufant um, requires surgery, and the Falcons announced Tuesday that they have placed the Pro Bowl cornerback on injured reserve. Uh, it's over for him. And there was more stuff falling in on Tuesday, falling against the the Falcons. The Falcons will also lose defensive end Adrian Claiborne for three to five weeks as he undergoes surgery to trim a partial partially torn meniscus. Rap sheet reported, and Chris Wessling. So you you figure he's out until the playoffs, most likely. Maybe he gets back by the very end of the regular season. But these are two big um, losses for a team that's not loaded at defense. Two of their top four or five defensive players, I would say. Trufant was a Pro Bowler last year. One of the top ten cornerbacks in the NFL. Then again, they have enough offensive firepower to win these games in the regular season. They're already playing with the worst pass defense in the NFL. Right, but that <laughs> that lowers their seal. You don't want to go through the playoffs needing to score fifty points. Anymore. Oh, I think it's a huge. They remind for me the of the playoffs, old, they, but not for the regular season. Right, they remind me a little bit of the Cardinals teams with with Kurt Warner. Uh, who who did make one run, and th- they kind of went into each playoffs. They're a dome team, knowing they got to score forty points each game. I I, you know, at the command of some people downstairs, wrote an NFC playoff picture piece. <laughs> was it a banger? And, well, no, it was not, and I'm not going to call it that. It it was yeah. a block and tackle uh, publication. And but Make sure you I check out NFL.com/slash/sessler after that pitch. <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. sold it. But it's the, the Falcons I talked about as the NFC's secret weapon. Not that everyone says the Seahawks can derail Dallas. It's the Falcons that I thought could potentially. But you know. I need to go rechange all that because if you can't, it, their offense can score points, but their defense was shaped up a little bit. I I would I'd struggle to see them going through the NFC playoffs and not getting waxed at some point with their defense. It worries me because look at the Saints and their defense is terrible, and their offense has a ton of firepower. Yeah, and it's not like Bleedy Ray Wilson is going to come in and help. <laughs> Wow, Bleedy Ray. Here's their schedule. In this podcast. Spot, They've got spot. the Chiefs. This is why they can get – they, they got to win the division, and I, they're going to, barring something crazy out of Tampa Bay. But you got the Chiefs, the Rams, the 49ers, the Panthers, and the Saints. A lot of those teams look better to us in terms of reputation than what they really are. This team can play with anyone. Yeah. They I can play with the Cowboys. Well, I that's agree. why I put them in as that secret weapon, because they can hang they with can Dallas in a shootout. On right. Right. That, that, that is a tough matchup, I think, for Dallas, because I, I, if that if that happened in the playoffs, Atlanta, like going to Seattle, going outdoors in the weather, I just They already did that and almost beat Seattle. That, that's fair. It wasn't as good, and I think Seattle's going to be a better team then. But I, you can see them going to Dallas and just getting in a shootout that comes That's the team I would the, not want to play. Down to the last Atlanta. quarter. Let's move on. Uh, some a lot of trouble right now around the Rams, who are losing games, and uh, a lot of, you know, not a lot of flattering pieces being written about Jeff Fisher, whose contract expires at the end of the season, and now they have an issue with the most famous or greatest Ram in history, arguably Eric Dickerson, um, who 
told ESPN on Monday that Rams coach Jeff Fisher uh, told Dickerson he didn't want him on the sideline during games because some public comments he's made, Dickerson, have made uh, players on the Rams, quote, uncomfortable. Uh, Dickerson also had this to say, I won't be at the Coliseum as long as Fisher is coaching. I'm a man of my word, and if I tell you something, I'm going to do it. Now, on the Rams side of this, Kevin uh, Demoff, who I believe is their CEO, president, president, um, tweeted out that this was a miscommunication and they're trying to uh, uh, reach out to Eric Dickerson to try to clear things up. And, uh, you know, Jeff Fisher kind of stepped back and said that wasn't the case, how Dickerson painted it. But either way, Mark Sessler, not a good look uh, for the Rams, especially as they're trying to get a foothold here in L.A. Yeah, I mean, my initial response to that did not take long because we knew that the second season for the Rams was where a lot of the issues could come when the, the shine is off, the idea of them returning to Los Angeles. It was I'll, it was a few months ago, right before the season, when we were sent down to a hotel right outside of, outside of L.A. for what was essentially a Jeff Fisher meets his team to tell them how to get ready, how to move to L.A., how to deal with it. And Dickerson was there and treated like a, a national hero. I mean, it was the figurehead and the most important player in Rams history, arguably. And it's November, and this is what happens to bad teams. When their alumni critique the, the current state of the team, they often don't take it well. You see it with the Browns. You see it with a lot of other teams where you've got issues with, with what were heroic players now starting to, you know, they're being honest about the way the Rams are playing. Well, they can't be that sensitive about it, too. This is this is a huge figure in that organization, just in terms of a historic standpoint, too, and in the NFL. And it's like, come on, the way that you're performing, you are a team out there. You can't just, like, crumble when somebody says something it, about it, right, you. Right, but, but as Dan would say... I got to say, come back to us, Eric Dickerson. They offered him, they say, they say you can go sit in your luxury suite with your friends. He's asking for sideline passes for your friends, and the guy's burying assistants and players on the team. They're like, hey, how about you go sit in the luxury seat, Eric Dickerson? It's like, <laughs> I, I don't feel, it's not, I don't think fair. either side is particularly looks good, but it's fair to po- point out both sides look stupid. That a guy's whining and moaning. Well, I think he, he looks worse. Eric Dickerson does. Right. Just saying. I, I think to the average person, the Rams. Rams look small here. Right. I, I, I'm not saying that I Eric Dickerson with- is, is what they think he is necessarily. I'm not, I don't know Eric Dickerson, but the Rams come out looking this, small. In this. Here, here's what all you need to know about Eric Dickerson. This is what he says he told the Rams coach. You can go anyplace else. You can go back to Tennessee. You can go to Cleveland. You can go to SC. I'm going to be still, I'm going to be Eric Dickerson of the Los Angeles Rams. That's why I wear that gold jacket. <laughs> I have the right to say whatever I want to say. All right, there's a little ego. Sounds involved. delightful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God. As you all know, worthy. Yeah. the Paramore is a huge Rams fan. Oh, famously. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last night. She could not be more embarrassed for the organization. It's embarrassing. And also pointed out kind of what Greg was. Greg didn't really say this, but she's of the opinion that Eric Dickerson is is uh, desperate to remain relevant in Los Angeles. Yeah, you, she wouldn't be the first person to like eighty percent of people in Los Angeles. Right, but she wouldn't be the first person True. to accuse him <laughs> of that over y- years. It's right. a tricky situation for teams that have 
a legendary player that wants to remain in the limelight or gets calls from reporters. The Jets have had this issue with Joe Namath. The Browns have had it with Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson, and the Rams. I'm sure there are other examples. They speak, and then it gets reported everywhere because it's a big name. Well, he has a show. He has a show. There's, a, there's a, a platform, and then it gets into the echo chamber, and then all of a sudden it's everywhere, and the team is probably like, wait a second, whoever X legend is, we take care of you better than anybody else in our organization, and we're not asking you to kind of be on our dime and, and, and speak positively, but, but we don't want you to be destroying us either. Well, in not to go back to the Rams again, but they, the Browns had it with Bernie Kosar, who was fired as a preseason analyst because he ripped who? The Rams receivers. And who responded crazily about it? Jeff Fisher. <laughs> so Jeff Fisher might be a little sensitive. He's a little touchy, Jeff. <laughs> uh, finally, in the news, I thought this was an interesting nugget. We didn't talk about this in our, our pre-show talk, but I Curve just wanted ball. to get your thoughts. Because whenever you want to you know, touch in on the throne of sleaze, you know, Tim Tebow, this is way back, oh my 2014. God. You didn't bring it up before the show because we all would have shot it down. This is relevant news. <laughs> Continue. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Hashtag cancel the Patriots save football. Tim Tebow had signed with the Patriots in 2014, got offered $1 million for a one-day shoot for a commercial, and he wanted to run it by Bill. And uh, Bill, I just want to make sure this is okay with you. Bill said, and I quote, Timmy, I would really appreciate it if you didn't. Tim Tebow turned down a million dollars for one day of work, and then the Patriots cut Tim Tebow shortly thereafter. <laughs> uh, oh you know, my I just feel God. like it should be. You know. I, I just want to say it's in the news. That's a news item. That's all. Supposed to feel sorry for a millionaire right. football player who right. didn't get to make another million? Right. Every minute he tried to play pro football, he was passing up money. Because he could have made a lot more money making this like he is now making speeches and being in the media. I mean, he his public appearance fees, all of that sort of stuff. You know, give me a break. Don't ask for permission. Hey, don't come after me. It's just a news item. <laughs> he's a he's he's a news deliverer. He's delivering the you know the ideas and the, and and do, the topics of the day. And do you know what? It's not Bill Belichick. It's not like Bill Belichick. Once he said, "Don't do that," because he was trying to avoid the circus. Now I have to. I, I could keep you on the team. Like I owe that to you. I get that. But it just does speak to NFL. And it's not just Belichick. Uh, how micro their viewpoint is on things. That instead of letting him do that, that silly, stupid commercial that no one would ever paid attention to, he was like, "I don't want you to do that commercial," because he thinks in such a a, a a tunnel vision way about his team. Let him do the stupid commercial. No one would even known about it. Do we know what the commercial was for? We'll never know. Oh, maybe he was dressed man. up. Maybe he was dressed up as Bill Belichick in the commercial. That also, <laughs> maybe you really cracked the code there. <laughs> it did come out of uh, uh, Tebow's upcoming book, Shaken, Shaken. which uh, Mark Sessler has agreed to purchase, read, and give a detailed report. Negative. Long form on NFL.com <laughs> this summer. I got enough to do. Right. Okay. He's making the money back with uh, Shaken. Give me a break. The nerve of that guy. By the way, his second bio- his story. second autobiography at this point. Well, that was little, wow. that's ridiculous. He's Twenty-nine well, no. years old. That was that was one of his life goals: getting three autobiographies by thirty-five, and he's on pace. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even run for president, and he's writing autobiographies. Um, that's what's happening in the news. It wasn't a slaughter job of Bill, but I just thought it was kind of interesting. It was topical. Mm-hmm. I think really the bigger crime is a young person mm. with nothing to offer the world in in terms of wisdom, writing books. <laughs> Much bigger crime than Belichick. Not Ooh, I like shoot that. A commercial. Hot take. That's what's happening in the news. Uh, before we move on uh, to what's more likely, little, you know, I want to throw a little curveball. 
Another See, one. Another one. Uh, this is part of my job is to keep everybody on their toes. Um, and I want to start here. All right. So we know we know the Vikings. They they fell again uh, last Thanksgiving. And uh, this prompted our own Mark Sessler on Sunday's show to share this tidbit about his takeaway from Thanksgiving. The entire NFC East deserves the playoffs more than the Minnesota Vikings right now. They are they had a chance on Thanksgiving to rest away that division, and they couldn't get it done. Bye-bye. Now, you said that, Mark. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you said that three days after I had a very interesting conversation with my friend Bob um, at Thanksgiving Feast. Okay. Uh, and he had run something by me that I thought, you know, why not get my, Bob, my friend Bob on the line and he could pitch something that he pitched to me. And if, all I ask for you, from you guys is open ears on what he pitched to me, which – I, I, at the very least, I found it interesting. You're trying sure. to get out of the team of ATL, aren't you? I'm not, listen. Okay. My friend Bob, are you on the line? Yes. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, Bob. There he is. Hey, Bob. You guys know Bob. First, yeah. First time, first time, long time. <laughs> <laughs> Little fun fact. Uh, my friend Bob actually started the subreddit that is so popular. Wow. wow. Yeah. So, wow. And he wears a lot Bob. of hats. I kind of started it like I squatted on it because I just, I like read it. So I was like, oh, nobody has this. So I got the name and then did nothing with it. Yeah. So uh, Greedy really is the guy that, uh, he is the hero. I'm like the, uh, the Winklevoss twins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Now, Bob, I, I, I don't know if you heard Mark's comments from Sunday's show about the Vikings. Um, bye-bye. Yeah, he said bye-bye. <laughs> and I, I, if you would, would you, would you just kind of pitch to... Uh, the group here, including Connie Fox, Colleen's with us today. Um, what you kind of pitched to me during Thanksgiving feast? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, guys, I just I feel like we need to talk about the Vikings because it's just not working out. You know, like <laughs> it was real exciting when it started. Like you guys, I could hear it in your voices. You were all excited. Uh, you stuck by them through some hard times, mm. but you know, you just tell you're not happy. Like none of you are happy with this. It's in your voices. You guys deserve better. You, you know, you only live once. Uh, that's a saying, I think. And uh, I just think that, uh, you know, you do you. You know, there's no reason to kind of force yourselves to get excited about another damaged franchise on the podcast. I, I just want you guys to be happy. That's all. You know, but Bob, I mean, he's likening it to a relationship. And, and it is funny that in it's retrospect. really buttering us up here. In, re- in retrospect, you deserve better. He says. <laughs> in ret- Bob's done this a few times. Yeah. In retrospect, it is kind of funny that this is the podcast where there's a Jets fan and a Browns fan, and then we went down the road of getting behind a Vikings team, which is right in that in that top echelon of like pained franchises. Like, what were we asking for? Yeah. And Bob, you're saying we deserve better. So how do how do you think we should rectify that? I don't know. I mean, I know it's like a foreign concept for I guess all of you to be single, but um, I don't know, give it a try. Maybe just kind of break up with the Vikings and spend the rest of this year just kind of dating around and seeing what's out there. Yeah, but it feels you know, safe. Like, the Vikings feel it feels, safe? It feels just like <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it. I <laughs> yeah, we, sit, we, we sit on the couch together and watch Black Mirror and sweatpants and eat Thanksgiving leftovers. It, it feels okay. I get, I, get, I get it's comfortable. It's comfortable. I get it, but, you know, like... I hear when uh, you know when the Titans come up, like a little. Ooh. There's like a there's yeah, see, there's just kind of like there's something. Lady in there a red dress, right? The there. one that got yeah. away. <laughs> Lady well, in a red dress. I, I feel the Titans. same way about the Chargers, but you know, 
we can have an open relationship. You know, the Vikings don't have the to Vikings know about The Vikings and I have teams. an agreement that if I come upon the Titans on a lonely Friday night, I, that's my cheat. <laughs> <laughs> open relationships never work. I mean, we to be to, right along the party line with what Bob's suggesting, I threw it out there a couple weeks ago that we could at least entertain the concept of two team of ATLs because mm-hmm. the minute we went with the Vikings, there was this – uh, you know, from certain parties, a very present Fisher. Like, no, oh, it should have been the Raiders, or now it's the Titans popping up. And and Greg well, and then the Fisher was their their team falling into a sinkhole. Yeah, and the Vikings after Mike Zimmer murdered all those stuffed animals. Sure. By the, the Vi- way, that that really started it all. They've disappointed beyond comprehension, and they they probably will disappoint more. So I would say this: I have an open mind to doing anything with Team of ATL. I don't go to bed worried about Team of ATL. I mean, I propose the Vikings. I made a mistake. Here's a concern. Here's a concern I have. And Mark, but here's sorry yeah, to interrupt ahead, I don't think it was a mistake, Mark. That's what your heart was saying at the time. Yeah. I and, agree. You, know, you guys have grown apart. So you're yeah. proposing a side piece? <laughs> he, he, he's supposing he goes yeah, single. Bit. I think I know where you're going with no, this. No, my concern. Side piece of ATL? Because I don't believe in any of this open relationship stuff that always ends uh, terribly for everyone involved. Very I think you either stay and you work things out, stay together for the kids, or – you break it off and have a fresh start. But here's my concern. We break it off. Of course. And then the Vikings go hit the gym and yeah. the Vikings read some books <laughs> and the Vikings start listening to, you know, some new podcasts. And all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, the Vikings are looking pretty good again. They got a couple wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking kind of sexy. It's kind of reminding you of the old Vikings. And, you, and they're not going to take us back. Right. Leave them. Right. Not only, not only would we have missed the fun part of the journey. We've been exposing our lack of character for not being Absolutely. loyal to them. That is the worst possible result is the Vikings going on a tear after we get up with them, break up with them. Well, so the, I want to avoid that. It's the only New way they can end. But this time around, one caveat, we would all be able to you know, show after show we could blame Bob. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Can I offer a different point of view? Yeah, sure. Well. All along, the Vikings were some hideous – toothless contraption that we were too drunk at two in the morning when we agreed to go home with them and now we're in this awful relationship and we didn't even know that they were that bad it's been Mark like right. two months of just them being horrible wives to us or husbands i was you know? like i was the sober friend as a listener and as you guys kind of talk yourselves into sam bradford I was like don't do it guys. <laughs> and this is also yeah. by the way you that know, never works out you know who the oakland raiders are they're the the girl next door that you should have been with all along. No, absolutely. They're the vapid, good-looking girl next door. Oh, Once no. you hung out with them for Little a while, edgy. Ah, the Titans are the girl it. next door. No, that's <laughs> See, janky this teeth. Pro- this is the problem. We the still Titans like have been that. flying below the radar for the last two decades. Come on, the girl next door that you could stay up all night with and talk things out, and then you don't even realize how pretty she is. That's the Raiders. So clearly, you there's guys, wandering everybody. eyes here. So I feel like you should cut the relationship off at this point. Mm. Colleen, you've broken many hearts in your past. We've talked about <laughs> it. Um, it's not true. In your, so in your opinion, mm-hmm. you think it's time to say goodbye? Well, yeah. I mean, all the signs are right in front of us. We've just talked through them. I don't know if you can fix this at this point. Irreconcilable differences? Yeah. Can we have a kid to fix it? No, that's never <laughs> yeah, a good idea. Equivalent. <laughs> I don't know. Bob, what's the Band-Aid baby um, <laughs> parallel here? Oh, man, that's uh, – <laughs> it, would, it, would it be – oh, man, I'm having trouble. Don't worry about it because baby. it's a terrible idea. Band-Aid, Band-Aid <laughs> babies are the It'd worst. He's trying to help us. Yeah. Sam Bradford gets injured on Thursday night. Sean Hill comes in and leads them to the promised land. No, I don't know. 
All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, there's no band. I don't think there's a band aid that can fix it. It's bad, tough because but, you guys um, jump from one long term relationship to the next, and you don't really give yourself that much of. Well, a I think either. this this is it's. This might be the last team of ATL ever, so that's also something to keep in mind. I could keep them. Nope. I could keep the Vikings because I do feel loyal to that decision. But then we could have. Wait, what about what we, you said on Thursday? We could have. Night. Well, I said they're you not going to. They're not going to make the playoffs, but I don't need that. But we could have four team of ATLs yeah. to make this as murky and complicated as possible. No. no, I don't think we should do that. It has to be unanimous. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sticking with them. Unlike the four of you. Yeah. I've been in this wild and wacky dating world in LA. <laughs> I can attest that it's not pretty. Yeah, mm. yeah. Grass well, is always I think greener. You guys I, guess. Will, I think you will love again, Greg. I don't want you to be so negative about that. Hey, I love the Chargers. Um, <laughs> I love the Bucks, but uh, I don't know. I want to. You t- love the Bucks again? I can't. Tr- I don't can't even keep know. Track. You know, Greg, you're like the like the Cardinals, where your longtime wife and she died, and then you're like, I'll never love again. <laughs> I was married. It's over now. Bob Doesn't is it? like our counselor right now. Working I mean, us through all of this. Feel, I just, I just want you guys to find a team that makes you feel the way the Panthers made you feel. That's all. Mm. Okay. Oh wow, that might be impossible. Okay. For me, it was the Raiders, but you know, whatever. Please. No, no, the original, the original, the high school sweetheart, Panthers. Okay, got yeah, you. got you. You only fall in love for the first time once, I guess. All right, I right, guys. I think uh, I think I'm gonna wear this analogy so thin that I, I probably <laughs> 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 Bob, uh, do you want to plug uh, your movie, your special little movie you made? A special little movie. That's that's really condescending. Um, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah, uh, yeah. Flock of dudes, guys. Uh, I made this movie. Dan helped out on it. It's the uh, the most uh, number one downloaded comedy of all time. Uh, <laughs> Are we even if I don't call that out for being a? Uh, bull- I think like facts don't matter, so you might as well just say it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's on. Uh, it's everywhere. It's on demand. It's on iTunes. It's an okay movie. Yeah, it's oh, a very good It's great. Movie. Very funny movie. I'm so excited to see it. Yeah, uh, and Bob directed it and co-wrote it and a uh, very talented man and my good buddy since, what, Bob, 1987? Uh, yeah, we had a, uh, I think we split apart around 88 because he talked me into buying the Batman video game for Nintendo. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> you grew up in the coal game. town. Yeah. Yeah, Dan was kind of on the coal side of town. I was more on like the, the ore and the precious metals. Uh, um, any other questions, everybody? Yeah, you know, maybe I'll just do an AMA on Reddit and answer all related questions. Um, all right, my friend Bob. See you, Bob. See you, Bob. Right. Bye. See you later, guys. Bye. All right, we didn't accomplish anything there, but it was good to talk. Well, we can have an answer by Thursday. Could we? Oh. About whether we're breaking up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or not. I don't care. Yeah, get some locks and bagels. Maybe you go into the fork room and figure it out. Maybe it's one of those things that was the equivalent of having like the seven-hour chat through the night into the dawn Mm -hmm. uh, trying to work out what the future is. I don't know. Hmm. Those are not fun chats. We've all had them. They're awful. So now we're going to wait for the Vikings to make the first move? I don't know. It's a very – We're in a sticky situation. (laughs) I'm not talking to them right now. (laughs) They're going to have to make the first move. Time to play one of our favorite games. What's more likely? Ah, uh, yes. What's more likely? A uh, a game whereby each of us, five of us, uh, present one um, scenario. Uh, it's basically an uh, either-or game. Uh, O-R-R. Speaking of O-R-R, Connor will be joining us next week. little tease there. Um, for uh, To talk a little bit what's going on in the life of Connor. But for right now, uh, we will each... Throw out a what's more likely, and we'll start with Mark Sessler. 
All right. I actually did not uh, put anything on paper until about five minutes ago. Okay. Poor preparation, but here we go. Between now and the regular season ending, uh, what's more likely? Tony Romo makes a start. Jimmy Garoppolo makes a start. Or RG3 wins enough games for the Browns, could be one, to keep them from getting the number one pick. Hmm. Ooh. That's a tough one. Well, Brady not going to get hurt. He's only gotten hurt once. And they're currently tied with the Raiders for the best record in the AFC. But- so there's, a, to me, a fairly good chance they're going to need those games, even the last game. So I'm going to rule out him. Romo for Prescott? It's just whether Prescott gets injured, I don't know. Or if they ran away with the number one seed. They could start Romo in week 17. I was thinking theory. about that, but do you think they would – would they do it's that? A, it's a weird move. They don't no. want to do still, that. It's still a weird move. I, I don't think you would want to do that because it just raises too many things. Plus, city people are stupid. I already rolled out the RG3 factor. That's not going to happen. Uh, I'll say Romo is the more likely because, as Dan said, Brady doesn't get hurt. Hmm. Connie? I'll go, I'll go with Romo starting because I can't stand the Cowboys, and that seems like something that hmm. they would do. You know what? I will agree with you, in fact. I think it's a bad idea to even introduce the like mix. But I think in Jerry Jones's mind, it would be a way of like giving him, throwing him a bone. Are they at home in Week 17? That also factors in here. That's I a think, great question. If they're at home in Week 17 and the Cowboys have nothing to play for. That seems like a disaster. Is it like a goodbye, farewell, this is your last basically, game? Basically, that's how they'll play it. I think it's more likely Dak gets injured than Romo starts mm-hmm. 17. Right. Dallas is on the road against the Eagles. Okay, so that to me oh, that wow. eliminates it basically, unless Dak gets hurt. Um, but you know, then it's just an injury game. All right, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Romo. I'm going to go RG3. I think the 49ers have their chance to win this week against the Bears. But if they don't, uh, I think we we've all thought the Browns will likely win one game. It sounds like RG3. I don't think that anymore. It sounds like RG3 Neither will start a game, and. Uh, I don't know what the strength of victory is. No one knows that at this point, but it, even one win might be enough to do it, so I'm going RG3. 49ers have three games remaining where they could conceivably Yeah, they could. They played fairly well for three straight weeks. All right, up next, Chris Wesley. What's more likely? The Green Bay Packers come back from being, what were they, four and six? Four and six. Yep. Mm-hmm. To make the playoffs, or Aaron Rodgers ends up as the NFL's touchdown leader after he spent half the season wondering what was wrong with him. Where are we right now with the He is standings. two total touchdowns behind Drew Brees for the NFL lead. Oh, so rushing as well. Rushing as he's well. their rushing leader for touchdowns as well. He's got 30 total, and Brees has 32 total. Oh, I like Brees winning that title, though. So you well, you got to like the other side of it, though, too. Yeah, what's the other side again? Oh, they, win, they win the NFC North. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think the Packers have a real good shot to win the NFC North. Mark's right. We put too much stock into primetime games sometimes. But I look at Aaron Rodgers playing at the pretty close to the height of his powers right now, and I, I, I see that going a long way in a mediocre division. I'm not sold on the Packers' defense. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball and – keep scoring and keep that offense up high in games, so I'm going with the second. I I would agree. I think the Packers getting into the playoffs, I'm going with that side of things. I will too because they've beaten the Lions and they played the Lions again in the finale. They could conceivably 
win the division at nine and seven by by winning that game and sweeping Detroit. And Rodgers will be right there, but I think I think he's going to just miss the touchdown total, especially if any of their running backs start scoring touchdowns, which until last night had not happened. Mm-hmm. Let's hope that hamstring health is healthy as well. That could be uh, a difference maker. Up next, Connie Fox. What's more likely? All right. Every head coach in the NFL still has their job on Christmas morning. Greg or, doesn't like talking about this stuff. That's not true. <laughs> I literally wrote a call about Perfect. it last week. Uh, the Bucks it. make the playoffs, win a playoff game for the first time since 2002. Ooh. Win a playoff game. Not just make the yeah, playoffs. Win. win a yeah, game. Win a game. Well, the first one was they all have their jobs? On Christmas morning. I don't think anybody's getting fired before. Yeah. The end of the season. So I'll say that's more likely. Christmas morning is the day after week 16. Yeah. Uh, although a few teams are playing on Christmas. So, yeah, I would say I would say that's more likely. I said I would say that's even likely. It'd be kind of a badass evil Who's gonna owner move to fire somebody <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Well, I Didn't mean, they make Chip Kelly did last year. Mm-hmm. Didn't they make an yeah. 80s comedy about this? A movie? What was Firing that? somebody on Christmas Day? You're right. You're fired. Y-U-L-E. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> You're right, Mark. It's not unprecedented at all to fire guys in week 15, 16. It, it does happen for teams that want to get a head start. So right. just thinking of those teams, could the Jaguars or, or the Bears, those would be two teams that, mm-hmm. that come to mind. <laughs> the idea that the Jaguars just can't resist the temptation to see Doug Marone in action right. for one game. <laughs> I yeah, know. That's... I was thinking about that. <laughs> I I. I think it's unlikely because there isn't a team sitting out there, even with the bad teams, where the situation is toxic enough. Usually there's some lead up where you hear about discord, you hear rumors. Something Jeff Fisher, you, but... Yeah, Jeff Fisher, but I mean, that's... That, I'm not sure that the ownership there is plugged in to make that decision enough, you know, the, the week before the season ends. I will go bucks because wow. I like the idea of it. Hubba, hubba. Well, I love it. Well, there's okay. six teams right now kind of in the mix for those two playoff spots. So that it's going to be hard for them to even get to the playoffs with their schedule. That's asking a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, you need the Redskins or Giants to melt. I need the bu- – let's see the – Redskins bu- are only half a game it's up a rough now. Schedule. Yeah. Redskins Winter are good. is coming for the Giants. Mm. One step at a time for the Bucks. even if they make the playoffs. I don't know if they're ready to win a game. So I'm going to go with no dismissals. By the way, Black next. Monday is my birthday. So – Appropriate. how many <laughs> coaches are going to be fired on my birthday. Uh, probably mm-hmm. four to six. You think four? I don't know. I, we haven't really talked about I it. I feel like that's... Greg fu- doesn't like talking about it, right, so we okay. don't talk about it. Okay, anymore. that's right. I forgot. This isn't remotely true. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. You should come up with kind of a fun... You know, you do a lot of work at NFL now. I just feel like Black Monday, your birthday on the same day, that's just a recipe for some zany. I'll be opening up presents with yeah. like God. I'm just, <laughs> just throwing that out there. You're a huge okay. help. Thank you. <laughs> Here's the thing with Spitball in here. With uh, NFL Network's Greg Rosenthal. Because he's on the air and he's around all these big wigs of the yeah. industry, uh, he feels closer uh, to a, a head coach. Like he he could he understands what it's like to be under the spotlight. Well, a leader of men at yeah, one point. Yeah. I I said that I don't like the fired. sound of this man. <laughs> Uh, each week, which I think is what everyone feels that's listening. You to might this. be speaking for the listener, right? Not to mention the fact that you have to drag in this poor guy each and every week to perform this seared butt. It's inhumane. You don't like seared buttocks on the podcast? That might be the hardest I've ever it. seen 
Colleen Lamb. <laughs> it's also like he's. In, it sounds like he's in a shower of some sort too, because it's echoing. Well, he is. It's really unsettling. We drag him into the uh, custodian shower area <laughs> and light his ass on fire. It's in solitary. Yeah. All right, my turn. You know, I was going to go with a Packers one, West two. Uh, this will not be my. What? I can give you my other one, but I'll just throw this one out real quick. We don't need to discuss Packers win NFC North or Colts win AFC South. Mm. That's a good one. Packers. Packers. Yeah, I guess I go Packers. I like West gets flummoxed by the AFC South, so he's I, really, hard. He really I vacillate yeah. between the Colts and the Titans every week, but I really think the Lions' schedule is too hard hmm. for yeah. a team that could lose to any team. Including right, but they're up two games on the Packers. So obviously the Packers have to beat the Lions. I don't care. You're assuming the you're Packers. You're talking about beat. a team that's lost to the Bears and the Texans. Right, but you're assuming. They, they just need to gain one game, though, because they play Detroit in the final week and yep. would own the sweep if they won. They're, so it comes down to week 17. They're kind yeah. of kissing cousins in a way because both are led by amazing quarterbacks, the Packers and Colts, and are both are flawed teams and middling divisions. I'm going to say Colts because – I think the Colts are going to sweep both the Texans and the Titans in a bad division where there's not a lot of wins, and who knows how this is all going to shake up. That's a big-time advantage. Now, maybe Houston goes to Indy. Oh, I just blew my whole point. Houston won that first game. Yeah. Take all that away. <laughs> take it, take it away. away. Take, like, take this away. It's 60% right. of what take Greg away. said. All right. Hot, man. all right, here's my real what's more likely, which is really just a sneaky way to do too. <laughs> The Raiders win the first seed of the AFC or the Browns win their first game. Raiders win the first seed. I don't think the Browns are going to win. Raiders. Beating out the Pats. I'm going Browns again. I'm not ruling out uh, other teams from the AFC. Granted, it's going to be tough, but the Chiefs, I guess the Chiefs would be the one team with with a decent chance because they – Everyone forgets they beat the crap out of the Raiders. They dominated the Raiders. They get the Raiders in Kansas City. They're only one game back, so they're in that mix. But I I would go Browns for that reason. I don't think RG3 is helping the Browns' chances of winning games. It sounds like he's going to be in the mix. Also, he's going to be injured by the end of the first quarter of the game he plays. Most likely. Mark? Raiders play the Bills, Chiefs, Chargers, Colts, and Broncos. I think they're going to slip up once or twice. Um they're not going to get the AFC's top seed, not with New England sitting there, and Cleveland will go 1-15. Let's see. Where's your peace scale, by the way, on the Browns now? We're down, they got I, know this sounds, I know this sounds tiresome to, to uh, most of the people in the room, but I have no peace scale. I mean, what, what's going ha- to happen is going to happen. I, it's, it, there's enough things floating through the mind on a 24-7 cycle <laughs> that I have control over. I have no control over this. Well, you – the P scale should be how worried are you that the Browns won't get the number one pick? Not that, that that's much more. Right. If so presuming there's some rock star at number one, I, I don't want to see them for the eighth time in like ten years not get the number one pick. Like I said, finish the job. Uh, they're, I mean, they Bengals, don't feel that way. Bengals, Bills, Chargers, Steelers. Who are they going to beat? I don't think so. They could eat, win either Bengals? of those first two. The Bills, the Bills are not a safe team in any game because they don't have a passing game. They're, they're a dangerous team, but there's a reason why the Jaguars paid... At Buffalo? Them. Yeah. The, if the Jaguars can play them straight up, and that was a very evenly played... The Browns aren't the Jaguars. I think it's the Bengals, or it's something weird happens. These things are always broken by something no one sees coming. I didn't like Hugh Jackson crying. I feel like it's starting to really wear on the team. That was too. emotional. I, I don't have a problem with them. I think that for Hugh and for Sashi Brown and the rest, they don't want to go on 16. That I get. 
Uh, all right, one more from the boss. What's more likely? Well, Wes, Wes was get, getting to this a little earlier. Which which team is more likely to careen out of their 8-3 and three record and straight out of the playoffs? Hello. The New York Giants or the Kansas City Chiefs? Giants. Giants. Hmm. Enter is coming. <laughs> Giants, it should be pointed out, have a full two-game lead there on the number seven seed in the NFC. Chiefs play the they, Falcons. They probably are in if they go two and three, which which is a nice spot to be in. Yeah, I think like we said, Sonny, the one thing that the Giants have going for them in that conference is you may not like how they did it. Or they didn't. They played some cheap competition potentially over the last couple weeks, but they got to the point where they can slip up and still back into the playoffs. They win every game they're supposed to win. So we're asking them to change the identity of what they've established at this point, which is, all right, maybe they won't beat the tougher teams on the schedule, but they should take care of business against the lesser teams. That's why I think they're going to get to 10 wins. I don't believe that at all. They've, they've toyed around with lesser teams who they could have easily lost those games. But they didn't. And that, and we right, saw but that's last not year like some did. DNA that says that they have they have this natural strength that allows them to beat bad teams. I think no, that's an like, ability of a Sooner team. or later, you get burned by that. Well, they're playing all winning teams the rest of the way except – the Sunday night game in Philadelphia, assuming that doesn't get flexed. Thursday uh, game in Philadelphia. Well, oh, look at the Chiefs' Thursday. schedule. You've got the Falcons, the Raiders, the Titans, they have the Broncos, and the Chargers. I think it. it that's not. They're not going to coast into January either. That's Is it fair. true that they played every single snap besides like three in eleven personnel? On Sunday, I didn't watch the game closely. What enough. the Chiefs? Yeah, or no, the Giants. That's their normal offense. Yeah, actually, I mean, going into the, all season long, they're like at ninety. So, well, that's their strength. They don't. They haven't had a running. They're certainly not a two back offense. That's so predictable, though. Uh, th- that was such a, a such a big win by the Chiefs, but they were pretty lucky to win that game. I'm going to go with the Chiefs are more likely to fall. Did everybody uh, share their piece there? All right. Yeah. Can I throw one more in? Go ahead, Wes. One more. What's more likely? The MVP award is won by a member of the Dallas Cowboys or a member of the other 31 teams. Ooh, no. Always take the field, you you typically say, but this is this might be a different case. Hmm. Not for me. I am taking the field. I think Tom Brady, you know, a little speed bump here lately. I don't think Brady's going to get it. He's got to be – Hashtag. He's got to be head and shoulders over the crowd like Joe Montana was when he lost three games in 1987. That's the only precedent. And Tom Brady has not been head and shoulders for the past month. I, I think he has been until last week. Uh, but if that's a sign of things to come, that's troubling. I think if Dak Prescott wins the MVP, it's a, it's a little bit of a – not a, Ezekiel Elliott. Well, not yeah, a joke. why couldn't it be Zeke Elliott? Well, that, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. I, that makes some sense to me, and you could see the writers kind of getting behind that as almost like a let's reward the running game. It's almost right. like giving it to the offensive line. You you could see that. And, I mean, I totally think that the, the Belichick and Brady should have won many more head coaching awards and, and MVPs over the years than they have. But the Patriots went 3-1 and one without without Brady. 
And they've been this same team with Brady record-wise year after year. This year doesn't particularly stand out necessarily. The Cowboys were, what, 4-12 and 12 last I think season? It, sta- it, it stands out if he closes strong. He, his numbers are as good as they've ever been. Matt Ryan I mean, is a much better MVP candidate than Tom Brady. Right a, a week ago, though, he literally had better numbers than he's ever had in his entire career. I'm just saying from a narrative standpoint, is it Elliott and whether it's Elliott or Pres- <clears throat> Prescott or both, they come in and the team goes 4-12 and 12 last year, whatever the record was, and they are now the best team in the NFL, arguably. Well, the fact that the Cowboys have two guys that are legitimate candidates for it, it just they take up all the attention. And so it's, I think it's going to be really hard for anybody else in the field because if when you have two guys right there, everybody's looking at that team. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're right. Matt Ryan should be number one right now. I was going to say, if you guys are voting today, I know this is off what's more likely, but if you guys are voting today, who who would you pick? Not who do you think would win, but who would you think? I would have to study really hard between Ezekiel Elliott and Matt Ryan. I I would say Ezekiel Elliott. I think I would go Matt Ryan. Are you pulling it if the season ended today? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I know that's a little tricky, but... Yeah, I thought you hated that. uh, That was... Just like a one. You hate a lot of things. Naughty comment. Um, here's my dark horse <laughs> in this. Matt Ryan's a very fair pick. I like that. Zeke and Dak could end up splitting the vote, which would cost both of them in this type of race. But how about if the if the Saints do grab a wild card spot? Drew Brees. Drew Brees leading every statistical category, throws for five thousand yards and forty two touchdowns and has a 110 passer rating or whatever, and they make the playoffs? I think they need – that's that's the, part, that, that's the tough so part. If they're a losing that. record, you know, because, again, it's Drew Brees has been outstanding, but what is the difference in, in the mind of some of these voters of Drew Brees this year and other years? To us, we see a difference potentially, but the Cowboys have two players that didn't exist in the NFL a year ago who are captivating. Go watch an NFL pregame show even on NFL Network. It's 60 minutes of Dallas Cowboys. Gets the numbers. And- are we missing anyone, by the way? Derek Carr? Derek Carr, a lot of people. I also yeah. think Matt Ryan has been a better quarterback than Drew Brees, leading a better offense than Drew Brees. I, I agree. As much as I love Drew Brees this year and think he's been uh, better than he's been the last few years and is solidly in the top three quarterbacks and would be on a top three or four MVP, I think Matt Ryan's been better. Brees should be in the conversation, though. Yeah. He really hasn't been. If he should be. I'm not going to uh, – I know people hate to hear this. I'm not going to pick a player who's on a losing team. To be in the MVP, this is all to me. Under yeah, the yeah, they would have they to the go playoffs. ten and six or something like that. Right now, he's on pace for fifty-two hundred yards, forty-four touchdowns. A lot of people say don't take his stats too seriously, but I do. Fifty-two hundred yards, forty-four touchdowns, twelve picks, and a hundred nine passer rating. Doesn't he do that every year? Yeah, he does, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, all yeah. right, Ryan leads the league in yards per attempt, uh, yards Passer per completion. Rating. It's, it's also it's not you know best stats. It's the most valuable player, and and I don't and I feel like Tom Brady's been overlooked far too many times in general. The Has most valuable three? overall player. Doesn't he have three? Been in the league two. the entire century. He has two. He has two. I wouldn't reward him just this year, just because other years we missed. I, well, uh, that stuff happens all the time. I agree with you in principle, but in just that Brady has been overlooked when he's been the most valuable player. He's not gonna, more than once. He's not going to want for more decorations when he retires. That also has nothing to do with it, but I agree with you. But that that's not how the voters should think, whether he wants an MVP trophy. I mean, I'm no, going no. Dallas, number one. Two-time so. most valuable player. 
Three times Super Bowl MVP. I don't. I feel like Tom Brady has been well. It would hurt. married I, to I, a supermodel. I think everything's okay. You, you've with got Tom Brady. you've got a Household horse in the race. Income of a hundred million a year. I don't really. I'm just saying. It does nothing for, for hashtag <laughs> gradual decline. That's he's got a raw okay. deal. When are we finally going to pay time attention to him? Three-time Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback <laughs> Player of the Year award. Doing. 11-time Pro Bowler. I get the point totally is totally under the radar. All of this, these awards are narrative-driven, and they look for something that's new and flashy You're right. this year. That's the Dallas Cowboys. It's not Tom Brady, and frankly, it's not Matt Ryan to most football watchers. I, I think you're right, Mark. And I think if the award was being held today, another uh, you know thing you said I don't like. That's a little I, tweak. I think I think Elliot w- would win, if I had to guess. All right, let's move on, guys. Talk Thursday night football. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, they head to Minnesota at 10-1. and one. Cowboys have not lost uh, in like over 80 days now. They Seems lost, like forever. Yeah, they lost the season opener to the Giants uh, and have won every game since. And now they go and travel uh, to Minnesota, a, a team in the Vikings that really, um, again, did not look great uh, on Thanksgiving, their last game. They did uh, play well uh uh, we got some big plays to beat the Cardinals the prior week, and then of course they lost four games in a row prior to that. So I think, in a lot of ways, uh, Colleen Wolf, the Vikings are still a team that everyone's trying to figure out. We're relationship-wise, we're trying to figure them out. The NFL now trying to are the Vikings any good or not? And but we know how good the Cowboys are. Yeah, they could clinch a playoff spot this week too. With uh, if they win and Washington loses, or if they Cowboys. win, uh, yeah, the Cowboys, or and uh, if they win and Tampa Bay. Loses or ties, which we've seen a lot of. But, yeah, the Vikings, it's it's really hard to figure them out. It was kind of a boring game, too, to watch on Thanksgiving because after the first drive, too. Tell me about it. I was here. I mean, that was it for the offense, and then they just traded field goals back and forth until Sam Bradford, <laughs> under I, pressure, just throws a huge interception. Can I throw something out about that? Because I know in this room there's been a lot of um, positive comments about Sam Bradford this season. Pointing to him is not the problem. I'm not saying he's the problem. But they don't score any points. I mean, and he's the quarterback. So like, it, he's having his best season. He's making throws. Right. But does but uh, the, at the end of the day, though, their offense is still not good. I'm not saying it's his fault, but does, doesn't he have to be a he's little bit better? A lot better at home. I than he is on the road. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. They're last in the if league in total wa- yards. If per you're game. watching the games, I don't think any straight-minded person is going to say Sam Bradford's a problem. I don't think he has to be better. But I think I think he's dealing with the worst. Rushing attack we've ever seen in our lives. <laughs> Two point four. That's yards not per hyperbole. Two point four yards per carry. <laughs> the worst rushing attack. Jack McKinnon, not the answer. They don't pick up third and fourth and one in key situations, which means they don't convert in the red zone and they don't score touchdowns. They also have the worst offensive line in the NFL. But he and does I think, have to be better, though, which well, maybe is not fair, and maybe that's over right. his he, ability to do that. He, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, would be playing worse in this offense than Sam Bradford. Here's the thing: they've Whoa. they've overcorrected. How careful they are. I know the offensive line is bad, but watching that game, Mark, it must have driven you crazy how they throw short of the sticks every freaking third down. And that's a little bit on Sam Bradford. He is about to set an all-time record for completion percentage on one of the worst offenses in football. So that that doesn't compute. You, that's you need, Shermer's offense. Yeah, that's fine, but you got to – Something needs to change because that's not enough. When you go against the Lions. But isn't that a catch-22? Like, okay, you need to change, so now drop back another two steps and get sacked. No, I mean, you just have to to figure out ways to mix in some longer plays. I mean, when you score 13 points against the Lions on a day where Sam Bradford played pretty well, it's like just 
something's wrong. Yeah, it's I mean, average pass traveled 3.4 air right, yards. That, right. That's all I'm saying. That's It's too much. you got to have some mid-range. That's what happened when Shermer took over for North Turner. It is, and it's also a symptom of their personnel and their offense. They all, they did not have Stephon Diggs in the lineup on Thanksgiving. Right. It, getting him back, it's, is it enough against the Dallas Cowboys? I would say absolutely not. Like, but he gives you a downfield element. He's, he's a star wide we, receiver. We, we watched that in? game, and I, and I thought the Vikings were a better team. They, and, and at worst, I don't think you can watch that game and think, oh, the, the Lions are some better team. They were just two evenly played teams who both had a lot of flaws, sure. and one of them you know, came up with the plays. That, that, at the end, that's what the Lions do. You but know, I don't think they're terrible. What the Vikings really could have used this year is an impact performance from their first-round pick who's a wide receiver. Like, right. what, I th- that's almost flown under the radar. It's not like yeah, he's a quarterback right. that they're developing. You're, yeah. He was a, what, the 18th, 19th overall pick in the draft, and he is a, a non-entity in this offense. A- and, a, and a reliable kicker. would They'd have a different record entirely if they had a reliable kicker. This team, the offensive line and ground attack are the Blake Bortles of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. It's holding the team hostage. And yeah. it doesn't really – you can point the fingers anywhere else on this team, but you'd be wrong. It's all the offensive line and ground attack. But this is a great matchup for them. I, I know uh, it's it's not a game they should be favored, but if you want to play – t- if you're the Vikings, the teams you want to play are teams that play safe defense, play zone defense, and have no pass rush. And oh, by the way, the, the Cowboys gave up 500 yards in eight freaking drives against Washington. They have no pass rush, and – the Vikings the are Redskins are averaging almost 500 yards per game. Right, but that was an eight drive. It was one of the better offensive performances. All I'm saying is, have your defense show up, make a couple plays, and this is a defense you should be able to move the ball. I, I like I like what you're saying. I the, where I would flip the script though is if you want to beat Dallas, you've got to do what Dallas does. You've got to find a way. You have to have the type of offense that can get on the field and stay on the field for long drives to keep Dallas and what they do on the sideline. Keep Ezekiel Elliott on the sideline. Keep keep a loaded passing game on the sideline. Minnesota has cannot sustain drives for all the reasons that we just mentioned. Adrian Peterson, by the way, not in the mix for this game, but positive news for the the Vikings that he is uh, now running off to the side at practice on Tuesday, according to Stacy Dales of NFL Network. He might be ahead of schedule, but the question I guess, and I'll, I'll ask you, Wes, is do you think? that matters between him coming back from a serious knee injury and an offensive line that's a major problem. I think it matters. He's an upgrade on Jarek McKinnon and Matt, Matt Asiata big time. But could he be a difference maker? You'd have to game plan for them up. differently if yes. Adrian Peterson's yeah. sitting in the backfield. Because they're, they're in all these games. They're not a good team, but all of these losses, except for the Bears' loss, came down to the final possession. So if you can get a little better with Adrian Peterson – you know, you get Stefan Big Dig back. Like, maybe they can flip too. it can flip some of these close games. Convert some short yardage, which are the biggest plays in any game, really. Like you're in the red zone, you need fourth and one or third and one. They never make it. Hey Vikings, tell me you love me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell me you love. I don't me. think this does seem personal. It's getting heated. It's very personal. Like, <laughs> Mike Zimmer, if you've watched Zimmer in press this week. Oh, he is fired up. They are fired up for this game. He's fired up because he's been with the Cowboys a long time and it's a personal game with him and he worked for the Joneses and he knows they're underdogs and this feels like a back against the wall game. We'll see the best out of the Vikings. It's a lot of that and they play much better defense at home but I think in the year 2016 the defense does not exist that can stop the Dallas Cowboys. Pick the game. Mark. Dallas. Score. 31-16. Oof. West. Cowboys. Uh, 30 to 13. Oof. 
Mm-hmm. Connie? Um, Cowboys, 31-14. I think I know where our hearts are. Cowboys, 24-10. <laughs> I'm sticking with the Vikings. I mean, I I, I don't think – I don't think it's that crazy. Uh, you're right. I'd probably pick them in every game. Yes, Greg's not breaking up with the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with them. I mean, uh, staying I don't, in an abusive relationship. I think Way they have. Go, I think they have some some exciting big games left in them, and this would be a season saver. It would, and in that building mm-hmm. in prime time, it wouldn't be the most stunning thing in the world. All right, that's it. Hey, before we go, one more time around the horn. Uh, we were talking about Casey Affleck was on the Fresh Air podcast. Oh, yeah. His first movie, <laughs> the Gus Van Zandt, uh, directed uh, To Die For, with Nicole Kidman. That was also the first date I ever went on, uh, was to go see that movie. Great, great movie, To Die For. Yeah, when you're, you know, a young boy, uh, when you're 14, it's it, it, I didn't really get it at the time. It took a little time to figure it out. Around the Horn, first date movie that you saw. Came out December 11th, 1985. <laughs> it was well. I'm aging myself, but I'm proud of it. Jewel of the, the Jewel of the Nile. Is Date? Humphrey Bogart in that movie? No, it's uh, Michael Douglas, <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Uh, I enjoyed stars this movie. in there. Yeah, date's name Robin. Did you guys double date? Wow. No, I was still throwing rocks at girls in 1985. <laughs> 1985. How old are you, Mark? I was uh, in sixth grade. Uh, a boy of eleven. Our town early. moved fast. We were, you know, we were not, we were not a cold. You were going on a one-on-one movie date at age eleven. Well, our entire sixth grade class went to the same movie theater. Okay. And so, it wasn't like I had to engineer the whole thing from complete scratch. Sid, yeah. are we counting that? Should we count that, that as a date? The date? It was a date. Is that a date. We were dating. Did you pay for it. Did you pay for it? Oh yeah. Did you pay you, for her? Absolutely. Did you guys hold hands? Wait, but did yes. your parents pay for it? Well, that's okay. That's Listen, different. there's a whole other narrative to this that I can tell oh, you about another working. time. It's true. A whole other narrative. What? This was. I was legitimately dating this this young woman. Yes, I was. <laughs> she so. was a girl. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what happened? What happened in the 11. theater? I can't get into that. There like was a lot of there was a lot of peer pressure from like very annoying male friends. Mark was seventeen. Because you know, it time. was one of the few dates probably happening in the theater, and there were you know a gang of like <laughs> oh, friends slash hooligans right. coming up right behind me, saying stuff to us. And her name was Robin, a very nice girl. And I uh, feel bad for it. Relationship Mar- crumbled soon after. Mark because said of- before the show that something very disturbing was going on in the theater. Well, it was that. It was so the- you had a peanut gallery that was yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it was undermined. it was it was unnecessary. Mm. Mm. All right, Wes. This First is hard because date. I. I was always friends with girls before we went out. I didn't really date until I was 42 years old, but I do remember <laughs> last week. <laughs> back when I was 21 and I was delivering mail, a girl who grew up behind me asked me out. We went to go see Casino. Oh, and I fell asleep. I fell asleep Classic. during the movie because I was getting up at like five in the morning to go on my mail route. Yeah, and like the the date, like she wanted to go out again, and I was just like, man, I fell asleep during. Were you? I was gonna say, like, exciting. It's not a. It's not the best movie to like go necking to as uh, Joe Pesci gets buried alive in a cornfield. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) good luck trying to neck with somebody who's sleeping. Neck, who's that? Why are you both still using that phrase? Well, this we're going (laughs) back many years. All right, canoodle. Um, I don't really remember a whole lot in general, but I definitely don't. I don't know. Uh, Why not? I who knows? Okay, just you know, different things here and there. But um, the first date I can remember that was at a movie theater it was Armageddon. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and it was such That's a, a good bad date. date. Movie. Yeah. And every time I heard that song, 
that Don't was so popular. It just reminded me of the date, and it just like would not stop playing every single. You thought you were I Ben went. Affleck and Liv Tyler on that lawn that they were lying on with their animal crackers. I, I needed to was? get out. The date was Armageddon. Really, kind of not sanitary. The, the animal cracker. No, not at all. Mm-mm. Don't don't want to miss a thing. That was a terrible song. Yeah. Greg, finally. Um, I think this was the first one, but I definitely remember it because it was so bad. I I saw Legends of the Fall. All right. It was my freshman year of high school. It was exciting because my girlfriend was Anthony a, Hopkins and Brad, Brad, Pitt. Brad, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Like was, he became wow. a star of that movie. That's it was the, a terrible movie. Oh, I don't agree with that. That's how I remember okay. it. I but it was exciting because. Because I was dating, a, I was a freshman and I was dating a junior. And so Whoa. Look at you. She had a car. Oh, I've seen pictures of you when you were 14. You you were more muscular <laughs> then than you are now. She was. She had a car, which was, <laughs> was exciting. Was this because of Delaware? Renault, a Renault, which is a car that doesn't even exist anymore. Greg had really intimidating trap muscles when he was 14. They <laughs> How were about developed. His first date movie, developed. Don't Go to a Brad Pitt Film, when he's just breaking out. It's like a, like a no, high I think, water. Was a I, I think the opposite. <laughs> I think that was why she wanted to go. You know, it's like... To you compare know. you to Brad Pitt. Kind of like a... Get know. in the mood. He was West already a All right. <laughs> Wes knows what I was talking about. Dating the older girl, huh? Good for you. All right. Good job, guys. What Can't about, be what the one you love. Love what about the one you? you're with. To Die For. Oh, that's right. Nicole Kidman. Um, it obviously Dylan. stuck with me. Sorry. Was this yeah. with... No, no. That, we're not going to use names here. Oh, sorry. Um, you should beep that out. Yeah. The, it's going to get beeped. The, uh, yeah, To Die For. At the Pearl River uh, Central Twin Theater. Nice. How about that? Since torn down. The memories stay. The structures go away. We'll be back on Thursday. That's life. Yeah. With a recap of the Thursday night game and maybe a decision uh, on our relationship status with the Vikings. Probably not, though. Mm. It's great. Shrugs his shoulders. Gives a dismissive eye roll. We're not breaking up with them the day that they beat the Cowboys, before, right before they beat the Cowboys. Come on. That would be funny to break up with them before a Cowboys, <laughs> dramatic Cowboys win. Uh, yeah, so we'll recap that game and then preview all the Week 13 games. Until then, uh, Connor, you were a, a joy. This was a delight. Let's do it again soon. Great. Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, Connie Fox, the boss, and new money behind the glass. Till Thursday. And now a word with our sponsor. Born in 1948, Hans Rosling was a Swedish medical doctor, academic, statistician, and public speaker. He is currently the professor of international health at Karolinski Institute and co-founder and chairman of the Gapminder Foundation. Rosling is a noted mind in the arena of developmental economics. And our friend and sponsor, Mr. Flame, is here with us today to talk a little Hans Rosling Mr. F, it's your birthday, number one. Happy birthday. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Mark. Mr. F. I want to get right down to it. What makes Hans Rosling a central figure in the world of economic thought? Well, I think probably the most important thing about someone like Hans Rosling is that he brings to life the statistics that we teach in class. So frequently in an economics class, um, the statistics can seem uh, dry or isolated in their applicability in the world. And 
and Hans Rosling does an amazing job with taking statistics and turning them into an explainable, uh, interesting, dynamic presentation. And he's an amazing speaker. So, I he's a professor of public health, and I and I really enjoy his TED talks. And I've met him once at a teacher conference, and he just uh, was a really dynamic individual. And so I like. Uh, his shows and presenting his shows to my kids to explain concepts with human development um, and economic development um, because they help bring the concepts alive. I uh, I watched one of the TED Talks, well, about two minutes of yeah. it, um, yeah. got as much as I could out of it. Would that presentation in your mind have been better if um, the Today Show's former host, Jane Pauley, had been moderating the uh, the production? <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I think it would make it a, a, a different show for sure. I don't know. I think they both would enjoy it, but I'm, I'm not certain if um, if I could answer that very well. He's uh, so he was born in 1948. Not exactly a millennial or one who uh, would be you know t- the target to connect with millennials. But your class um, are they? Is he a, is he a big is he a big followership in your class? Are they a big fans of Hans Rosling? Actually, it's surprising. He he does appeal. Uh, his shows are actually really his talks are really great on on uh, on TED. He's one of the foremost downloaded talks there. So yeah, I think students do like it. You know, the the idea of measuring a statistic is is really important in economics. We we've been measuring, for example, gross domestic product since the 30s extensively to try and get a handle on how our national economics, uh, our national economy is doing. And we've also done sort of work since the 90s with uh, human development index and a mathematical way to analyze like how we're doing with how people are, their standard of living is measured. And so in isolation, those statistics, they don't mean very much. But when someone like Hans Rosling gets a hold of them, what he can do is he can bring them to life. And so that's a great uh, benefit to a teacher trying to explain something which in isolation might appear kind of boring. I read that when he was 20, uh, there was something, you know, doctors diagnosed something wrong with his liver uh, and he can yeah. never drink again. Do you think it's a good idea for um, economists, especially economists in the, in the Netherlands or in, in, you know, outside of America to stay sober? Oh, oh, I, I know. I think that's a great tragedy. That would be too bad if they tried to do that. They'd miss out on a lot of uh, the benefit of living over here in, close to Belgium with their uh, famous beer brewing. Hopefully, my students don't listen to this particular episode because they should be studying. <laughs> Get back to work. They really should. I know also, you know, just from talking to you a little bit um, over email and, and uh, Facebook, that you are an avid bicyclist uh, in the Hague, in the Hague, the Netherlands. You, would you describe yourself as anti-car, anti-automobile? Are you? Is it some sort of movement that you're starting? I think. I think it was probably when we moved here. We we didn't want to buy a car because they're pretty expensive, but boy, it is an amazing way of life to be able to ride your bike in Holland on the uh, to, in the Netherlands on the on the bike paths. They are an amazing uh, national infrastructure is incredible. You can go anywhere at any time, and you're safe uh, on the roads. So it and, is fantastic. And you uh you've been out of the states for some time. You don't uh you don't seem to appear on paper anywhere in terms of owning an automobile. <laughs> are you potentially are you on the run yourself from the US government or something on uh, here in the United States? I'm not 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 as far as I know. I I'm, I'm paying my taxes. I'm taking care of stuff on that on that end. 
Very good. Well, happy birthday. Thanks for being with us. And uh, we'll have you back soon to talk about another world-famous hot economic thinker. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Sydney. Happy, uh, happy day to all you, on the, uh, all you heroes on the podcast. All right. Be well. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 